guys? How are you all doing? Today we got a great live with Andy Kruger. We're gonna be talking about ring sports. We have been obsessed with videos, obsessed with watching all the jumps for a while. So we're stoked to have Mr. Andy Kruger join us to answer all our ring questions. Let's see. How's everybody doing today? Nice to see you in the afternoon. Hey. What's up? Andy, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Good. Nice to see you in uh, real time. And I right. am excited to talk to you. I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, we have been obsessed with your videos. And uh, not just loving the the work that you do with your dogs, but also your upbeat attitude. You're hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Of course. So um, can you talk a little bit about your background and, and where you're located? Yeah. So uh, I'm an Ohio boy. Uh, I'm an Ohio boy, uh, born and raised uh, I'm about 30 minutes out of downtown Cincinnati, so right at the bottom of Ohio, but we have a, a gorgeous property. We've probably been here about six years now. Uh, the Dog Oasis, as we call it, uh, nice seven acres, big pond, everything fenced. Um, so it's pretty sweet. It's a pretty sweet place. Uh, I think I'll be here forever. So. If I have any stalkers, they will know where to find me, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my place. Um, how I got started in dogs, I got into dogs in like 2009 and uh, totally fell into it. Didn't know anything about training, didn't have any like grand plans to be a dog trainer, didn't even know that like a dog trainer was a thing. Um, and then... Long story short, um, I just kind of fell into it. Uh, I met a group of guys that would train like police dogs uh, and like they had this little building downtown and they're like, hey, get in a bite suit. Um, and maybe I was brave, maybe I was stupid, maybe both. But like, I, I was always up to just like get in a suit and, and do whatever. Um, and I never got hurt somehow. And, and they're like, man, this kid's awesome. So I just kind of, I stuck around there for, for quite some time. And then uh, a couple years later, all those guys I was training with, they started getting into French ring and they're like, Hey, you're going to do French ring. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and uh, I've been doing it ever since, I guess. That's awesome. Very cool. So um, when you were younger, did you grow up with dogs? Grew up with dogs. Um, the first dog we ever had was a Cocker Spaniel. And one day me and my sister and the babysitter took the dog on a walk, but like we couldn't find the leash. So we're like, let's take it off leash. And we walked on the neighborhood and then it got hit by a motorcycle and died. <laughs> so that was the first dog I ever had. So we definitely an, an epic fail on that one, Buffy. God rest. Uh, but I was like super young, like young, young. We then got a golden retriever who was like great dog, 
like a freak of nature, just insanely crazed, was a bolter. Like if you opened up the door, it was gone. Like gone, gone. We lived like right on a highway. So like, I can't tell you the amount of times I'm like running down the street towards the highway, like trying to catch my dog. This dog ran away like regularly. <laughs> like we're terrible dog owners. Uh, I think it would just run away, run away, run away, but always, always came back safe. So that was cool. Um, so I had the golden retriever. And then after that uh, was like high school. And then my mom always had doodles, like golden doodles. That's kind of when doodles like started to become a thing is like mm -hmm. back, back around that time uh, when I was a youngster. So doodles, golden retriever. Uh, my dad had labs, but just always pet stuff. We didn't do like any training. I didn't know anything about that, but you could definitely say like, you'd find me all the time just like laying on the floor with the dog. Like, that's just what I like to do. Like I was uh, just, I was better friends with the dogs than like <laughs> the kids at school probably. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I feel like it's cliche for like dog trainers are always like, oh, I've always loved dogs. Or like, oh, I grew up with dogs. I'm like, well, yeah, that's everybody ever. Um, but I did always love dogs, always grow up with them, and uh, was was pretty inseparable from them. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you, I, you can tell from watching your videos that you, uh, it, that being around dogs definitely brings you a lot of joy. Nice. Very, very happy. So uh, thank yeah. you. We yeah. Well, I never thought about it that way, but thank you. That's cool. So, um, so you had doodles, you had the Cocker Spaniel, uh, <laughs> Retriever. Uh, when did you get introduced to the Malinois? That's when I started um, training with that little club in Cincinnati in like 2009. Um, I had no idea what a Malinois was. I'd probably be that kid that was like Malinois. What's that? <laughs> like that probably would have been me. No, I never heard of one. I've never seen one. Um, I just started training with those guys and a couple of them had them. And they're like, this is a Belgian Malinois. They're badass. Put a suit on. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And like really shortly after that, like the, okay. Like the first time I, I, I worked the dog, I was like, I'm going to have to have one of these at some point. Mm -hmm. So that's when I got introduced, probably like 2009 is when I got introduced to the Malinois. And it was just like, I'm like, yeah, that's it. For me, that's it. That's the dog. Mm -hmm. That's it. Sold. So, okay. I know that you are a super select decoy. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Super select decoy, it means you're a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I gathered that. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Super select decoy. Okay, so French ring. It's a French dog sport, obviously. It involves agility, obedience, and protection, bite work. Um, but what a lot of people don't know, there's levels for the dog, level one, two, and three. But what a lot of people don't know is there's levels for the decoy too, and there's actually decoy competitions. <clears throat> so not only do they 
French Ring, the organization, not only do they host events where people compete with their dogs, but they host events where decoys compete amongst each other. So when you're a French Ring decoy in French Ring level three, your goal, your mission is to steal points from the dog within the rules. So the handler tells the dog to bite the decoy. I'm the decoy and I'm going, you're not biting me. You ain't biting me. And the longer it takes for you to bite me, the more points you lose. So if I'm dodging the dog, if I'm holding the dog off, if I'm confusing the dog, that's all the points going out the window. So a decoy competition is who's the best decoy? Who can steal the most points from the dog within the rules? Okay. So, and the super selection, when you're a French ring decoy, you're level one, level two, level three. Level three is hard, very, very hard. There's none in the US right now. Level three is hard. Level three is the super selection. That's what competing as a, a level three decoy that's what that is. Mm -hmm. if that so makes sense. What, yeah, it does. Um, what do you think um, separates? So it, it's very hard to get level to be a level three super select decoy. Um, what is it about you that has those qualities? Oh, man, that's a good question. Shoot. Now I might just have to brag on myself a bunch. <laughs> hear it. Hey, but when I, when I start, I'll tell you this. When I started decoying, I was horrendous, terrible, even training dogs, terrible. You know how people go, well, I've always been kind of good with dogs. Not me, <laughs> not me at all. Terrible in a suit. Uh, and the guys I was training with, like, seriously, after months were like, you know, this isn't for everyone. There's no shame in not doing it anymore. Um, so like back in the early uh, 2000, 2009, 2010, I could have never imagined uh, getting to the level that I am today. And I think what, what gets me there is like for better or worse, I just never quit anything. Like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's terrible for me. Um, but I just, I just couldn't stop decoying. I tried a couple times. I'm like, screw this. I don't like this. Uh, but I just always kept coming back to it, coming back to it. And then at a certain point, it was like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing now. Like I'm kind of stuck in the game. Like I don't really have a choice here. Uh, and then you know, I started to develop the mindset of. If you're, if you're going to do something, why not be the best? At, at the end of the day, you're going to have to feel some kind of way. So why not feel like the king to me? So I kind of was able to develop a, an attitude of like, by any means necessary, as long as I keep showing up, I'm going to get there. And that's what I tell everyone, you know, I get a lot of messages about like any tips for decoying or, or whatever. Um, and it's just keep showing up. That's all you have to do. Just keep showing up. Just keep getting in a suit. Some people's paths are longer than other people's, but 
you can't go wrong if you're just physically there at your club in front of dogs just keep showing up and that's what i did and that's a quality that i have that allowed me to get to the top level beyond any of my uh wildest dreams of decoying uh it, it was just um for some strange reason i just wanted it really bad i don't know why <laughs> i still don't know why <laughs> it's just my thing well awesome work hard, hard work pays off thank um, you hell I yeah um, I, I know you mentioned the decoy tips, but can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit from Edgar? What are some good decoy tips you learned throughout your experience? Some good decoy tips. Um, don't get bit in the hands or the face. <laughs> don't get bit. Um, this is a good decoy tip, and this, this sounds silly, but it's true. When you're in front of a dog, French ring, Mondial ring, Schutzen, Belgian ring, whatever. Protection. When you're in front of a dog, only the mouth bites. Well, duh, Andy, everyone knows that. Only the mouth bites. So I'm looking at the dog's mouth at all times. My eyes never leave the dog's mouth. It's like hitting a baseball. It's like hitting a golf ball. If you go to look where the ball is before you hit the ball, guess what? No good. Uh, watch it all the way through. Same thing for catching or, or working a dog for technique, for training, for safety. Only the mouth bites. Don't be looking around the room. Don't be looking at the dog's butt. Focus on the mouth at all times and Depending what sport you're in for French ring, you are uh, catching the dog, maybe dodging the dog is absolutely the most important thing. Jamming a dog, the dog hitting a brick wall is no good. The dog's safety is always number one. Uh, you have a suit on, so I don't wanna hear any crying. You have a freaking suit on, okay? No one cares about your safety. You're fine. The dog safety is number one. So you always watch the dog. You always watch the dog's mouth into the bite. And you always absorb the dog so that they don't crash into you, uh, hurt their neck, other things, bad things. Um, so whoever asked that, I don't know if that helps you at all, but... That's the first thing that, that comes to my mind when I hear that. Okay, eyes on the mouth. All I right, let's, let's um, talk about the actual game. Can you talk about the objection of the game and how it all works, like break down the points? Yep, yep. So French, leave it up to the French to make things exponentially complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether it's their, you know, their, their cooking, their baking, their dog sports, everything's just insanely complicated like try making a french pastry it's seventeen thousand <laughs> steps um so like all the i'll just break it down simple okay french ring for the dog there's four levels okay you have a brevet ring one ring two ring three brevet introductory level like i don't even think brevet is considered a title 
you know, maybe a certificate. Um, it's an intro level, very simple. You're on the field 10 minutes, a couple bites, couple obedience, easy peasy. And I, I can go into more about that. Brevet is like baby, 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 infant for, for the dog. Ring one is baby. It's, it's light. It's easy. We want to see the dog succeed. If you mess up a ring one dog, it's like if I beat up a third grader. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so ring one, very light, very easy. Ring two, teenager. Teenager. So the work gets kicked up a notch. We start showing some things that'll be in ring three, but unless your dog is like a, a total wreck, it, it can survive a, a ring two, you know? So there, there's a progress. Ring three, you don't bite me. Ring three, you're dead within the rules. So the levels, it's a very uh, gradual progression. The baby, the teenager, and then the grown man. So the way all the ring one, or let's go brevet, 100 points. You need 80 to pass. Ring one, 200 points. You need 160 to pass. Ring two, 300 points. You need 240 to pass. Ring three, 400 total points. You need 320 to pass. So that's how those points are broken down. And so, like, let's take, um, you know, let's take Brevet. You have, and I might mess up some of the points here. I'm not like a rain man with the rule book, but whatever. You get the, you get the point. You get the point. I don't want to hear all the ring people out there like, oh, Andy said that was 10 points, and it's really eight. You get the idea. Okay, but so in Brevet, you're going to walk onto the field. You're going to have to perform a heel on leash in a specific pattern with specific rules. You know, let's say that's, you know, six, 10 points, whatever. I'm terrible. I should know that. Um, and then you have to do um, an absence of handler where you put the dog in a downstay, go behind a blind one minute, come back, get the dog. Okay. You get your points there. Um, healing with muzzle. And then you're going to have to do a food refusal. So you have two healing exercises, the absence and a food refusal. And then your obedience is done. There's no jumps. That's all those four things. And then you're going to have to perform a brevet defensive handler and a brevet face attack. And both of those are 30 points. So all of that adds up to 100 points. Um, you need 80 to pass. So it's like, if you blow your face attack, if you zero it, like, you know, you're done. Mm -hmm. You're done. If, if you blow the food refusal, you can still squeak by and, and have the ability to pass. But like those bite work exercises, if you blow those, that's a big hit, mm -hmm. big hit to your score. Like, for example, let's say you're going to do a face attack, which means your dog hauls ass down the field and attacks the decoy. So you put your dog in a stay until the judge authorizes you to send them. Well, if your dog breaks the line, if your dog goes early before the command, zero, zero. So, you know, something as simple as a stay 
can cost you your, your French ring title. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I mean, everything, and then as you go through the levels, they add jumps, they add retrieves, they add position changes, the heights of the jumps start to increase, the amount of time you're on the field starts to increase. A ring three is like 45 minutes straight, um, all with jumps at maximum height, seven bite work exercises. So the conditioning is insane that, that your dog has to have, but it all builds up. All the points get more and more as you go. Uh, and of course, the more difficult it gets, the more rules you have to know. I believe it's maybe the, one of the hardest sports to, to be a handler in because the amount that you have to know up here is, um, I mean, it's crazy. There's judges that still carry around a rule book because they have to check stuff. I mean, the rule book's like a million pages. Like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Um, but that's kind of so like cool. a rough general breakdown of the points there. I love it. I, I have more questions to ask on that. But right now we have uh, canine Rex in dog sport. Does a dog get DQ'd for barking at decoy before send out? No, no. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not good, but um, for French ring, your dog could be barking the whole time. As long as they perform all the exercises to the rules, doesn't matter. I prefer a dog that's real quiet, but the dog can bark his head off the whole time. Uh, no problem. Okay. Another question. Are the dogs allowed to bark? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, going off of that, can you, uh, for the first, um, with French ring sports, uh, the dog is not judged by like their, um, their attitude, right? Like how joyful they look or, uh, Right. Right. Um, they're, they're not, um, you know, there's certain things uh, a, a judge might be able to ding you for. Um, but kind of like the some old school training is the dog gets a very high score, but they look like poopy the whole time. Like they're just they just don't look good. So it's not like, um, you know, it's not like a Schutzen where, you know, it's about that, that performance yeah, of yeah. the dog and the OB. So yeah, they're, they're not going to get docked for it, but like, it's definitely not going to look great, you know, right. But you're not, you're not really going to lose unless it's like so drastic to the point where the dog like isn't performing, but you know, they can look a little, a little deflated like here's here's the thing about it though that's tricky um when you're getting into like high level french ring training you need a dog that has the drive to do it so stupid high drive but they need to be under like the utmost control precision one second matters a lot the whole time 40 plus minutes no equipment no corrections nothing just commands so it's like depending on the dog for them to be able to perform at that level of precision in a trial um you know you'll see some trainers want to take them down a couple notches in training because if they're here in training they're going to be here in a trial if they're here in training they're going to be here in a trial so 
with French ring, it can kind of be a delicate balance of like getting your dog tight without making them be like, oh, don't hit me, daddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that could be, you know, if you see some ring videos, you could see the dog looking like not very Schutzeny. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the reason for it. Um, either it's just, it's really bad training or they've been kind of taken down a little bit so that they don't blow up on the field. It's a tricky balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, relating it to uh, like human beings, I think when you're more uh, focused on something, let's say like scientists, you know, naturally you're gonna, you, you're not gonna be as, let's say like entertaining or like, you know, uh, like exciting if you're talking, like if you're like calculating, you know, E equals MC squared, you know, it's a right. different kind of yeah. like mindset. Uh, yeah, anyway. totally. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, is French ring easier or harder than IGP? Uh, apples and oranges. Apples and um, I, I will say this, and I, I love IGP. Um, and I, I hope to compete in it one day um i've done a little bit of it but nothing worth mentioning um it's totally different it's like um you know who's who's better this boxer or this mma guy you know they're they're different disciplines um but i will say that the bite work in french ring is a lot more complicated and difficult for the dog because there's exponentially more variables than there would be in, in an IGP. Um, so I believe that, you know, and I'm not like, I love it. I'm not being like, oh, it's way harder. Uh, but I mean, it's definitely different and harder. <laughs> it's it, it ring, the ring bite work, I think is, is the hardest on earth. I mean, I'm a French ring guy, so I'm biased, but I think that titling a dog with a good performance against good decoys in French ring level three is the hardest thing you could ever do with a dog ever, <laughs> ever. I don't care if it's a trick dog, agility, uh, search and rescue, seizure alert, Schutzen, whatever. Like I do, I do believe that against top level decoys, ring three, maybe a championship, that's the hardest thing that you're going to, as a dog trainer, it's the hardest thing you're ever going to do with a dog ever. Uh, and that's why I, that's why I got into it. I, I tend to get into things and then just shoot for <laughs> the most, you know, ridiculousness <laughs> ever. So that's what keeps me really interested uh, in it. Awesome. Okay. Canine Rex, how do you suggest to cap a vocal puppy while laying down the foundations at the food learning stage thank you okay this is a training question that's a good question like a barking is that uh, what he means yeah cap oh. a vocal puppy while oh. laying down the foundations at the food learning stage. yeah you you gotta not have that you you can't have that um and this will be a long answer but i think i'll get to it uh when i started in in dog training the way that I was taught is like you put a harness on the dog and 
you get the dog really excited with a sleeve or a toy. They bark a whole bunch and then they get it. And then they bark, bah, 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 bah. yeah. And then you give it to them. But I, I don't do that anymore um, because I don't, I don't believe in that anymore. Like I love a very good bark, like for sure. That's like my favorite thing in a dog. Don't get me wrong. But like as a puppy, the dog shouldn't be barking at all. Like, I don't see what, you know, maybe they're in their crate and they like want to get out or they're like behind a gate and they see your other dog and they start barking at it, you know, like whatever. But like in the training process, the, the silence is golden. So for a puppy laying down a foundation, I, I would, you know, I just look to hone in my food work. I'd have a high value reward. I'd be hand feeding quite a bit. I'd have a leash on the dog, a leash and flat collar, um, maybe a little slip lead. And if they, bah, 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 I'm just, hey, 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 feet, feet, ooh, ooh. And then every time they start to vocalize, I'm not gonna choke them. I'm not gonna look to stop it right away, but I'm gonna disagree with it every time. And every time they get a little yappy, I'm gonna go, oh, hold on, oh, oh, you don't like that? Oh. Good, good boy. You know, of course, I'm generalizing. It's every, everything's a little different, but I'd look to disagree with that right away. Um, a lot of people that I see on the social medias or whatever, um, training puppies, they, uh, they get the puppies too pent up. Like puppies in a crate, puppy comes out, do, 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 food, food, heal, training goes away, comes out of the crate, bite work, back in the crate, comes out of the crate, luring, back in the crate. I feel like a lot of times people, we want to build a monster. No, um, the puppy's lifestyle probably has to do with some of that frustration or, or vocalization. Maybe it doesn't have enough time out of the crate daily. Maybe it has too much time out of the crate daily. Maybe it's frustrated because it's in the crate all the time. Maybe it has way too much free time, so it's developing vocal, mouthy, bad habits. So I, I look to tweak the lifestyle and get it perfect. Um, I really get my hand feeding and luring better. And I'd have a little leash and collar on just in case when they start going off, I can go, please no puppy, good boy. You know, that kind of thing. Good advice. Okay. Um, I'm just looking at these questions up here. All right. Bash and Bane, back to French ring. Object, guard, game, and intro steps. Great question. I believe all the Mondio people disagree with me. That's okay. I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, I believe the French ring object guard may be the most difficult exercise in all of dog sports. I think it's the hardest thing you can do as far as an exercise is concerned. The Mondio people might be like, oh, but I think it's the hardest. Um, a good decoy, you, okay, an object guard for the people that don't know, you, you get a basket, just like a, a wicker like basket, fairly large, you get a basket, you set it down and you tell your dog guard and you go and walk away out of sight. Then 
it's the dog's job to work independently as a decoy has three attempts to come in and try to steal the basket. So the dog has to guard it and daddy is nowhere to be found. Dog has to guard it. Decoy wants to take it. So that's the game between the dog and the decoy. Can I steal your basket? Can I trick you? Can I somehow trick you? You know, like if you have a, if someone has like a guard dog, like a junkyard dog, they're chained out and they're just nasty. You can't come anywhere near that junkyard because that dog will eat you. And you start thinking about ways that you can trick the dog. Like, what if I threw a T-bone steak at this dog? Could I get, so I feel like that's where the object guard comes from. It's like the dog knows his job is to guard, but can you trick the dog with your skill? to get them off track, make them nervous, make them forget about it, get, get, get inside of their head. Can you move the basket? Can you get close enough to touch it? Can you move it? Can you take it? Um, there's nothing cooler than watching a really good dog and a really good decoy play this game. It's freaking sweet. Um, and there's all kinds of rules about the dog. Like picture it this way, if here's the basket, and then the decoy is five meters, 15 feet over there, and the dog leaves to go bite him. I mean, he's not guarding the basket. He's just attacking a decoy. So they have to stay on there until the decoy is like within grabbing distance. No commands, no handler, like nothing. So I think it's the most complicated thing to train. Foundation, yeah, you start it right away, eight weeks old. Eight weeks old, you need to start the object guard. You get yourself a little tub, um, a little box, something that the puppy can like lay on and get on. And, and I mean, you start it from there. It, it's tough to explain how to train, but I'll take a puppy on a harness. I'll hold them right on top of that, that object. I'll already, before this, I'll already shape with food, just the puppy like laying down on it. So they already kind of know to go down on it. So I'll take them on the harness and I'll stick them right on top and I'll hold them. My, my decoy has a little puppy sleeve that he starts walking in with, walking in with, walking in. And then when he gets real close, I'll let my puppy go. They'll bite the sleeve. I'll let them win the sleeve and I'll hold them right back on that basket, holding the sleeve. Good boy, good girl, good boy. I'll then get the sleeve from them and, and we'll start the process again. What you wanna look for when you're starting this is the puppy only gets a bite when they're stabilized. So if you're holding them and they're just trying to go, 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 I'm not giving them a bite there because they're being rewarded for wanting to leave and abandon the basket. I want them, okay, I'll stay here, boom. And then they get it. Um, so like capping the drive, you know how you see like, you know, someone will get a puppy and they'll have it on a back tie and harness and just agitate the crap out of it for like six months. No good. <laughs> no good. Not for ring. Okay. Not for ring. Maybe personal protection, but no for ring. I, I want that dog laying there very calmly waiting until 
very close and they, they know it's their time to get the sleeve. So start it like that. And then a million steps later, you'll be there. <laughs> so something like the object guard, um, how long does it take um, to, for the dog to, to learn that behavior? Well, you know, there, there's levels to the object guard. Um, by the time a puppy is like 12, 16 weeks, like it could have a decent idea of that exercise and how to do it at like a very training level. But, you know, put it this way, my dog's almost six years old and we still have a good bit of work to do on the object guard. Um, so there's levels to it. If I just had to put a number on it, um, by the time the dog is nine months, a year old, I like to see a pretty decent object guard. Not against the very best decoy trying to screw them up, but they should have a pretty decent, I stay on here, I grab, I let go, I come back. They should have a pretty decent idea of that game. Um, nine 12 months old okay Got if it. i had to put a number on it mm -hmm. okay can we talk about the different jumps we can talk about the different jumps yes ma'am right. when do you start uh teaching your dogs how to do the jumps good question i think every trainer might tell you something a little different on that one um depends who you ask I know French ring trainers that by a year old, their dogs are doing all the jumps at max, which is a lot. Uh, some people will be like, well, that dog's gonna have a short career. That's pretty hard on a one-year-old's body. Um, so it's possible with the right dog to achieve all the French ring jumps like max by a year. I'm not recommending it. You know, I think maybe a little too hard on the dog, but it's possible to get there. When do I start the jumps? Um, you know, I'm, I might be starting them around that time. You know, I, I might be formally starting the jumps ah, nine months a year, but like low, very condensed to, to what it'll ultimately be um, the least amount of impact on the dog's body possible. Right off the bat at eight weeks old, I mean, I'm having them not jump off stuff, but I'm having them jump onto things, ju jump off something small, just kind of getting all the mechanics going. Um, and then as they get older, I'll up just random stuff that, that they have to jump around on. Um, but formally, like starting to train those jumps, I look for the dog to be like not done growing, but like the height they're going to be, you know, like reaching their kind of their size. They're always going to put on muscle and fill out and whatnot. But like five, six months old, you could do it. But me personally, I, I don't need to. Um, in the French ring sport, the dog must be at least one year old to compete. Um, for me, with my, my current ring three dog, and then 
the Ring 3 puppy that I have in the works, I don't like to step onto the field until I'm like Ring 3 ready. So like Brevet, Ring 1, Ring 2, like I knock those out quick, like Ring 3. So I probably won't step on the field until the dog is over two, over two years old. So I don't need to have all the jumps trial ready by a year, like ever. That's just me. Some people like to compete at a year, but um, two, two and a half years old is, is a good time for me to start knocking out the brevets and the ring ones and whatnot and starting to get to the, the higher level. So you know, the short answer I'd say is I'd look to start getting those really going by about a year. Okay. Um, what was the last off breed to get a ring two or higher title? A ring two. Um, there's a border collie that got a ring one. That was pretty sweet. Um, ring two though, an off breed, probably like a, I mean, there's like a German Shepherd count. <laughs> um, probably like German Shepherd, Doberman. Um, I've never seen anything else get a ring two. Because you know what the thing is? Like ring one, you can do it. But ring two, like the jumps. Like the search and escort. Holy crap, for an off-breed, it, it would just have to be... That'd be really hard, but I have seen a border colleague get a ring one, and that was sweet. All right. Um, what's the last thing you teach the dog in prep for FR? The last thing? Um, I don't know. I like, um, I'm a believer in showing the dog the whole program from day one. So, for example, the stopped attack, it's when you tell your dog to bite downfield, and then at the last second, you whistle and call them off. I like to start that immediately as a puppy. A lot of people will teach bite, 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 and then when the dog's a little bit older, oh, we better get that call off. And I don't believe in that because then you've, you've lied to the dog their whole life. You've always told them they were going to bite. Then one day you wake up, you're like, no, you're not biting anymore. Um, so I believe in showing them everything from day one, right off the bat. Oh, my gosh, but Andy, a stop attack. Won't that kill all their drive? Nope, sure won't. So everything from day one. So I don't like think of like the last thing I teach them. But to sort of answer that question, Prepping your dog for a trial that's coming up, it is a lot different training than teaching your dog the French ring program. It's different. Um, same with a pet dog or anything else. It's like you go through a teaching phase, you go through a proofing stage, but then there's trial prep. Um, a, a fighter getting ready for a big fight, they have a training camp for three months, two months, their diet and nutrition is dialed in, their sleep schedule, their training. And then when they don't have a fight coming up, maybe they're just hanging out eating pizza. So with a dog, it's not the last thing I teach them, but leading up to a trial, my training is going to be um, different than in like a teaching or a, a proofing stage, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. 
It does. It's, if, um, I always, like a lot of the dog training stuff, I um, think about ballet. Um, and I, I want to mm. bring in um, like how I uh, basically like am learning through all this. Um, point shoes would be the bite. You know, you train from, I started um, dancing ballet at three years old and you're in ballet slippers up until, you know, you graduate to point shoes. And the goal is you always want to get on, um, get your point shoes. It's a big deal. It's a huge, big accomplishment, but you spend like 12 years as a, as a girl, like tr getting, wanting those point shoes. And there's some, um, directors that may want to like appease let's say the parents like oh my daughter really wants her point shoes like give her the point shoes and the director's like no she's not ready for the point shoes like she's gonna ruin her um she, she's gonna hurt herself you uh, know it's, it's, she's not fully developed um okay. and like you know you it's patience patience like maybe next year maybe next year yeah um, or like you know you have the one uh the one dancer who is is ready for point shoes and but might be like eight years old you know it, and yeah uh, it just all comes down to like each individual's genetics um each individual's uh daily uh time committed to the craft to the sport to the to the art yeah. um and yeah i think so yeah, I think of like bite, like the bite sleeve and the decoy and uh, like being introduced to all of that. Uh, I think like there is such a big art um, and like um, a accomplished aspect to it. Like yeah. you have to like really understand what you're working towards. You know, I, I find myself like, oh shit, like we, I, we we don't have a sport like oh my god like we're not doing anything it's just like us here like at home like what the hell am I doing but it's like okay like let's think like take your time like yeah you know, figure out what what we want to do together like yeah we could do these small exercises here small exercises there but um it, it, that's uh that's a great example with with the ballet it's uh extremely similar it's a it's an art it's a skill set and everyone's a little bit different with it you know i'm sure with like ballet you know you'd have a, a girl who just worked her ass off for a decade and is like pretty good and then you have a girl come in that's done half the work and she's twice as good which can be similar for dogs too. You, you have a dog, you do all this work with it, you achieve this kind of bite work, but then you see a dog who's half the age with twice the amount of skills. So like that, that genetic gift um, with this particular art definitely plays a, a factor, you know, cause you're, you're using your body too. You know, it's not just like painting, you're, it's kind of a physical thing, but I mean, that's, it, it's a pretty accurate comparison and it's, it's definitely an art, you know, like I, I consider this my, my art, not to sound like a whatever, but you know, I fancy myself a bit of an artist. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, the, uh, the interesting thing about that because it's like, um, 
you're never finished. You know, it's like the, the war of art. You're never, you're never finished. It's never for me, like it's, it's never good enough. I'm, I'm never finished uh, having a kind of mentality like that. And, you know, when you achieve like these accolades, like, you know, you get your, the, the specific kind of um, shoe or slipper that, that you were talking about. Um, you know, I feel like for me, like sometimes when I like get these accolades, I'm like, okay, that was it. Like, I thought it would feel different. You know, I thought, I thought I'd be like, man, you know, I made it, but you know, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I, I got that. I got my, uh, my level two decoy certification that I worked so hard for. And right after I got it, I was like, yeah, it's about time I got that <laughs> Shit, level three, <laughs> you know, like, um, so that's kind of the, the struggle with the dog sports. Um, what's the deal with, uh, what's up with your dog? I see you got, what is it like a little one-year-old Malinois that, that you got over there? Yeah. Right nice. There. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, any plans for any, uh, any sport stuff with her? Well, uh, I mean, we definitely want to get involved in a sport. I am, to be completely honest, I am obsessed with watching ring videos and nice. like ring sports. Uh, again, no experience. Um, also, like, I don't really like even know anyone here that does ring sports. We just moved to New York. Um, PSA obviously feels like the natural, like kind of the easy, I feel most comfortable with the PSA people, um, you know, it, just because people, you know, be, Jonathan Cap, you know, like all, all, oh, I've yeah. been exposed to a lot of PSA. I, th I mean, I think it's a, a lot more popular, um, but uh, it, it, I do you yeah, think I mean, it's, it's more popular? It's the uh, it's an American dog sport, you know. Yes, so in in America, um, it's it's way better, bigger than ring. Like ring in the states, it's so niche. Um, it's like there might be, like literally, like sorry, but like literally in the states, there might be five like legit guys, like trainers in ring. There might there's more clubs, but like. There's very, very few legit people. If you go to France, if you go to France, if you walk a mile, you've just passed 30 ring clubs with really good dogs and good decoys and all of them. Like in France, French ring is like football here. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's massive. They, they fill stadiums. Um, like, so if you go to France, PSA, they, they've never heard of that. They have no idea what that is. They don't care about that at all. They're like, what? Um, but yeah, here in the States, it was, it was made here in the States. It was, it was made by uh, American guys and it's, it's more accessible to people. You know, like I said, the, the French, they, they like to make things extremely complicated, which I like, but for the average person that's just has a dog and wants to do something, I mean, ring sport might be the damn hardest thing <laughs> to to get into, but I I recommend it to to anyone. You know, if you want to do ring, if you want to do another sport, there's really something to be said. And you're you know you're probably gonna have to travel. Um, there's something to be said about you know loading up, going to a seminar, traveling, getting on a plane, and going to these seminars because like myself. Um, I've been in this in decoying since 2009. Uh, I was at a seminar yesterday. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I was at one yesterday and I loved it. And I was like, I mean, there's very few guys at this point that I would be like, tell me what to do. Um, but this was one of them. And um, man, I came home so inspired, reinvigorated. And, you know, every time I go to a legit trainer's seminar or I train with them, like I'm always humbled. Like, I don't know that much. <laughs> I really don't know that much. So like, if you're at home all the time and you're just doing it all on your own, like that's good, but there's nothing like the, the inspiration and like the motivation that you get from training with these guys. And you need to be able to see the other levels. You have to see the levels. So like when I went to France for the first time, I saw the upper level. I wasn't on the upper level quite yet, but I saw the level. I was like, you know, like I, I peeked up over. I was like, oh shit, look at all this stuff up there. You know, it's like a video game. You reach a new level. Mm -hmm. I don't play video games, but um, it's like you reach a new level. And I was like, oh shit, it's pretty cool up here. Oh man. And I was like, oh, I got a lot of work to do. So the art of dog training and, and dog sports, French ring specifically, there's always another level that you're not aware of. You only know what you know. You know, you only know what you know. So I went to, um, I'm a fan of uh, Bart Bellin, famous trainer. I tell you what, I've been training dogs for a while. I thought I knew a whole lot of stuff. And I went to one of his seminars and I left like, oh, I don't know anything. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything. I better, I better learn dog training. Um, and I was just like, I came home and was just like, super motivated and was just grabbing dogs left and right and trying this and that with them. I had like 50 clickers. I'm just all over the place. Um, so that's, I, I recommend that to everyone. If you're getting into dog sports, you get yourself a nice, large, reliable vehicle because your ass going to be driving. <laughs> your ass going to be driving. I got people that come train with me regularly that drive eight, 12 hours and they come for the weekend. They come for three days. They, they come for a week. And uh, that's what it takes. You know, a, another sport, it might be more readily available, but it's part of the fun for me too, though. Little road trip, got the dog, you know, you're, it's not a vacation, but it's enjoyable, but you're, you're advancing your craft. You're investing in, in your knowledge and your future and um, that's what you got to do. There's always people a lot better than you. There's al always people a lot better than you. You know, when I, uh, when I got started in dogs and decoying and training, there was no iPhones. You know, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. No, I'm, I'm not that old. There was no iPhones. There was no Instagram. I mean, Facebook was a thing, but it was like nothing on there we weren't filming stuff. We weren't, if we wanted to film something, we have to get the camcorder and then we'd have to like upload it on a computer. We weren't filming stuff. We weren't doing. So nowadays I kind of feel like, like now everyone's a dog trainer. Everyone's just a dog trainer. And now like everyone's a decoy and they're oh, film this film that. And, and they're posting this and they're posting that. 
and everyone's like, oh my God, that was amazing. Oh my God, you're so good. You're so good. So now with like Instagram, now you're getting like all this praise, like all the time. And now I feel like, you know, people in the industry, like they feel like they know so much more than they know. And they get like a false sense of what's out there because they're in their little, you know, social media thing. So I guess rant over, but uh, I guess my point to all that is like, always know that there's a ton of people that are a lot better than you. And if you want to be the best, like I do, you're constantly in search for that knowledge. And when I show up somewhere to train with someone, I'm not saying crap about me. I'm not being like, you know, I went to France and did the super selection. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm such a good decoy. Oh, dude, you should see my dog. I show up. I'm like, hi, I'm Andy. I'm here with my dog. Yep, this is what I want to work on. Okay, I think you should do this, this, that. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then, and then I leave. So to be the, to be at the top level, you always have to be in like a state of of learning. You have to love, uh, you have to love being a student. I, I love being a student. Like you know, I have some training videos here and there, but I, I don't feel like I'm in you know, a position to be teaching people, I, I feel like I, sh I should be out there learning more, you know, so I don't know what my point to all that was, but there you have it. <laughs> no, very well said. It's a long game. It's, long. it's a long time. So I, I think that is um, really important what you said about, you know, making these big treks out to the seminars, whether you're driving or whether you're flying, um, because it really is quality. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like what you're about to embark on is going to hold a lot of weight compared to the weekly, you know, trip to, you know, 15 minutes away or. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know, you, you got to stay on your grind. You know, you got to, every day you wake up, you have your training regiment with your dog. You're going to work this. You're going to work that. Um, maybe you, you check out this video. You check out that video. And you have your, you know, your daily, your, your weekly grind with your dog. But you, you got to be somehow online. You have to be networking. You have to be finding out, you know, who are, who are the best trainers in the discipline that I want to do? And then how can I train with them? back to the the social media it's like now it's easier than ever to to get a hold of people i mean you can just message yeah, someone sure. on, on instagram people message me they're like god i can't believe you, you respond so it's like sometimes good sometimes bad but it's easy to get a hold of people and it's like you have your normal grind with the dog but then you're like okay in two months i'm blocking off this week because i'm road tripping to this place um and i'm super investing in my my dog training future my my brand my knowledge and and you make those trips you do that a couple times a year you do that every month uh and when you start doing that you you find a trainer and you click with them you know you click with them and then maybe you can set things up that are more regular with that person you know this is probably more for like sport like french ring or, or mondio but um that that's the that's the way that you you have to do it i mean i went to I, I flew to Spain to learn some decoying techniques from from one of the greats. Like I had to cross the damn ocean. You can get in your car and drive people. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, a question from Sasha. Um, favorite upper level exercise and why? Face attack. <laughs> face attack. I love the face, ring three, face attack. Nothing better, nothing better. You know, you gotta, you know, shits and long bite, that's cool. Uh, Mondio accessory attack, that's cool. Uh, the face attack is bad ass, badass. That's my favorite to watch. It's my favorite to decoy, and it's my favorite to do with my dog. It's 50 meters, okay? A meter is a little longer than a yard. So it's over, is a half a football field. You're sending your dog, they're running full speed, and the decoy's trying to not get bit. And the dog's trying to bite them, obviously. Uh, the decoy, if it's a good decoy, in his mind, he's not wearing a suit. Your dog's coming to mess him up. And he's thinking, the decoy, you're not going to bite me. I'm going to dodge you. I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you. I'm going to get in your head. I'm going to make you hesitate. And then guess what? Your 15 seconds is up. Exercise is over. Now you got to run home. You're done. So it's a true battle between decoy and dog with potentially extreme physical consequences. Um, it's dangerous. These dog, a good dog, like a good dog's danger, not, not little fluffy, but a good dog is extremely dangerous. They're going to bite you anywhere they can. They're going to bite you in the knee. They're going to bite you in the collar. They're going to bite you on the wrist. Um, you, you might get your, your leg blown out. You might not walk for nine months. I mean, with a dangerous, fast, technical dog, you better be good. You better get out of the way or you're going to get completely smashed. People in protection training and dog sport like, oh, man, I got banged up so bad. Oh, man, this dog, look at all these bruises on my arm. The dog banged me up. Oh, my God, this hurts. I'm tough. That's cool. But you're not going to walk right for a year, it's the consequences are so much more severe than a dog that you know is gonna bite here or a dog that doesn't have the technique to at the last second just grab you anywhere. Um, so that's why the face attack is so exciting with a very fast, powerful, technical dog. That's a show, so, you know, someone going down. <laughs> Someone's going down. I love the face attack. Awesome. All right. Uh oh, quiet, Fluffy. Right there. <laughs> Damn it! Like, right I literally notice that it's an hour once I I, I can clock uh, Rika or. Uh... <laughs> Um, Andy, I am going to, um, Rika. Oh no, that's Tito. I'm like, right. Why is Rika? Who's Tito? Tito, <laughs> Tito is a 13 year old rescue chihuahua. I'm... I was going to guess a chihuahua. <laughs> a chihuahua mini chihuahua. bull terrier. 
So I actually adopted this dog when I was a reporter in um, in Illinois. I was in uh, the Rock, Rock, the Quad Cities. I'm not sure if you know where oh, that wow. is. Okay, close to Ohio. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, Tito is a mini bull terrier chihuahua mix. That's interesting. I like it. Yeah. So uh, he's a special one. <laughs> Somehow I knew it was a chihuahua. When yeah. I heard Tito, I was going to say chihuahua. <laughs> Just knew. <laughs> um, Andy, it's so nice to chat with you. I, yeah. uh, I have learned so much. And also cool. the way I'm look the way I am looking at the videos and in terms of like decoy versus dog going yeah. head to head, uh, re really changes things up. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was awesome to come on. I appreciate you, you having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on and uh, keep up all your content. Guys, if you uh, haven't yeah. checked out uh, Andy's YouTube video, uh, videos, I highly recommend you do. They're hilarious. Hook your boy up. Everything. Hook your boy up with the subscribe. Come on. I'm trying to do big things on that channel. Give me the subs. <laughs> Create a YouTube account if you have to. Have your mom make one. <laughs> have a couple different emails make multiple get your boy the subscribes i'm trying to do big things on there <laughs> you're hilarious i'll post this and i'll talk to you soon andy thank you thanks so much pleasure see ya bye